listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 533. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at the Netflix Norwegian fantasy series Ragnarok and its third and final season. And fortunately for you listeners, we are not under any gag orders this week. So <laughs> I'm almost surprised we didn't hear from Netflix after our... Uh, less than favorable look at episode one of the uh, final season of Ragnarok, but uh, you know, show made a nice comeback. Yeah. So maybe they did listen and then went back in time and made the uh, second episode better. So we are recording on Monday, the day before Halloween. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Have you already dipped into your Halloween candy yet? I have not. It's uh, safely enclosed in the bag still and everything. Wow. Okay. I uh, I can't say the same about myself. I, ah. I did. I may or may not have uh, scrounged up a Mounds bar and a Crackle bar, but you know these things happen, Dave. You know, they just... do. But uh, yeah, the last couple years, uh, you know, I would always dump it in a big bowl, and then the kids would come up, and, and you know, probably the same with you. The, the real little ones, they just reach in, they start grabbing out of your your bowl, which is perfectly fine. <laughs> Yeah. You know, but I'm trying to like, all right, you know, early in the evening, all right, everybody gets three pieces. And then, you yeah, know, of course, you the fear. Well, I'm a control out. freak. So I just, I put the, the you know, I grabbed like three things and put it in their bag. So. Well, that's what I try to do. So, but, all but, right. but what I did last year was uh, I just got the little snack bags and I, I prepackaged ah, them. Clever. I like that. Yep. So uh, that's good. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. It's. We'll see. You know, my neighborhood never gets very many kids. Uh, the the parents uh, apparently coordinate everything, and they come out, and it seems like it's just two waves of about maybe ten to twelve kids each wave, and mm-hmm. then that's pretty much it. They're done. You know, it's a school night, so right. I guess we'll see. But yeah, we just uh, my youngest and I put our decorations up yesterday, finally, and. Uh, like last year, my you know when my oldest was was home, he went out and bought tons of Halloween stuff. You know, we had some, you know, we never did much in the way of decorations. A couple of things easy to put up, but he got like lights and everything. And since Sean's not here this year, I felt it made more of a like obligation to to put up all the lights and everything. But I think it looks pretty cool. We all like right. it. So all right, well, send him a snap. You know, we did. We uh, we were on him with uh, WhatsApp, so we. Took pictures of the house and everything, and then uh, Nora did her carved her pumpkin tonight. So we took a picture of that to send out to him. So, all right, cool. All right, well, you guys, if you want to contact us with your Halloween snaps, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail dot com is the way you can reach us. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. All right, some uh, quick news, and and I'm just going to kind of segue into my. Uh, what i'm watching but i don't know if you've seen rolling stone magazine's top 250 guitar player list uh i, I mean i used to get rolling stone and so i, I feel like they had a similar list every couple of years but i haven't seen the most recent one no oh did you God. make it this year dave uh, yeah um well you know what they've got some people on there that i would give them a run for their money and i'm not you know, using hyperbole here. (laughs) One of the things I learned early on when I was writing for Den of Geek is that negative comments keep advertisers just as happy as positive comments. As Gertrude Stein said, a click is a click is a click. 
Did she say that? Well, she she would have if she was alive in the <laughs> yeah. uh, you know internet age. But right. dude, Joni effing Mitchell is number nine, nine. on the list. Ingve wow. is not on the list. Wow. I I I, I just you know I, I have to assume they just made so many of these choices just to piss people off because again you know you look at the internet and it's all this negative buzz about the list right but i went and looked at it so it was uh eddie van halen he was in the top 10 he might have been three i mean you know hendrix was one fine you know van halen but you got guys that again i don't know if you know a good songwriter but i wouldn't like it's not like if you put her up against like Ingve Malstein in a in a you know, in guitar playing contest, whatever that might be. Right. Uh, that's no contest, man. I, I mean, I don't know if you know who Alan Holdsworth is. I don't. Sorry. Pr- prog rock guitar player. What, what, list virtually every top guitar player. I, I'm sure if you ask Ingve who his influences are, he'll mention Alan Holdsworth. Van Halen would have mentioned. Not on the list. Not in the top 250. But Joni Mitchell, number nine. Anyway, I'm going to yeah, stop. Yeah, well, you know, like, I, I started getting Rolling Stone magazine when I was 16 years old. And I got it religiously. I subscribed to it every year. I think even when I was in college, I still uh, got it. I just had it sent to me at school. You know, um, up until probably... When I, it was probably maybe only like five years ago. So probably in my mid to late forties, you know, so this is like probably like 30 plus years I'd subscribe to it. But I just got to a point where like either they were, you know, every time Mick Jagger farted, like Jan Wenner would run out there to get an exclusive interview with him. Or it was like some brand new group who was obviously they're just a pandering to other, you know, like me, 16-year-olds who were just getting it. And I just felt like there was really very little in it that was – I would read the movie reviews. Like that's when I said, you know what, I think I need to stop getting this magazine. I get it. I read the movie reviews, uh, and, and that's all. So, um, you know, I just – it didn't that, – that magazine just stopped speaking to me uh, a little, you know, quite a while ago. Anyway, um, Doctor Who got an air date finally, Saw November that. 27th. Yeah for the first of the three specials with David Tennant. And I'll, I'll go ahead and kind of segue into what I'm watching. I, I mentioned that I checked out Andor, but that's it for me. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to get Disney Plus, so I'm either going to have to use unnatural methods of seeing Doctor Who or I'll wait till this season comes on max, right? That's where it is now, right? The, the new I Who. think so, yeah. Uh-huh. So, I, I, but is it all going to be on? It's not all going to be on Disney Plus once. Well, you mean you mean are they taking it away from Max? Yeah. Well, maybe they are, and if that's the case, then but I don't know. Like I just, I guess I just assumed. So, yeah. So I mean, look, I have Max, Showtime, Stars, Netflix, Prime, Apple TV Plus, which I'm probably going to get rid of. And Viaplay, which is that Scandinavian uh, service that I've mentioned before. I- I'm just not adding anymore. I, I mean, that's enough. Uh, I- I'm, and, and, you know, I-, I just can't. 
I, I really admire people like you that can, and what I'll call, you know, playing musical streaming chairs with your services, <laughs> you know, adding and canceling and, and I just can't, I, I'll forget. And then the next thing you know, I've got an extra $10 a month bill. So enough is enough for me. And, you know, maybe I'll change my mind, but you know, okay. it, Fair. Yeah, it is what it is. It, yeah, it is tough. And I, I am now that the Orioles season is done, I'm going to, I'm going to dump cable um, Comcast at least until April, which I don't think about it. Isn't that very long from now, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going to then investigate a way that maybe I can get uh, watch the Orioles play without having to subscribe to Comcast or Verizon again because it's just it's just so expensive. And you know what just pisses me off is first of all the regional licensing fees, and on top of that, the freaking paying for the and you don't you you bought your own router, right? Yeah. So yeah, like that stuff, that, that little nickel and dime crap that they pull, that just that pisses me off so much. So I, I'm, I got to get it done this week to, to get rid of it because it's you know like I got a deal at first on it for like the first you know like two years or maybe even just like one year. It was very reasonably priced, and then you know as soon as the that grace period was up, boom, the prices went you know way up, and so. Well, as far as being able to watch the Orioles, I will just direct you to talk to Scott, who basically investigated every possible avenue, and he came away empty-handed. So unless you want to pony up like exorbitant amounts of money, which right. I'm sure you don't. Well, they, yeah, the whole point is to avoid exorbitant amounts of money. Right. So, uh, All right. Well, anyway. I'll, I'll Ben Scott's here, see what he, what, what he tried to figure out, so. Yeah. All right. What do you got? Um, so a couple of things. So first of all, uh, uh, we talked about bodies last week and I said, I looked great. I watched the first two episodes, uh, really good stuff so far, extremely compelling. So that our, you know, our guy who was in Andor and is also the you know, detective Hillingsworth or whatever. I can't remember what his name. Hillinghead. So, yeah. Um, He's an American. Did you know that? Did you see that? I did that? not. No. Yeah. I didn't. He, he's a Yank. He's uh grew up in Northern Virginia, went to William and Mary. And he's just like in Andor. They tell him to stop investigating and nope, he does anyway. Yeah, right. We're four episodes in. Okay, cool. Um, I've finished up sex education and I really liked how they the the dialogue got a little clunky and preachy. In the last two episodes, so there was like some very, some p- parts where I was just like, this is, I, I get what they're going for, and I support what they're going for here. And I don't know if I've ever seen a show that really dove as much into representation of as many people as they could. You know, when they have people like, you know, numerous people getting up and giving grandstanding speeches in the middle of uh, uh, the quad at school or whatever, I was like, this is this is a bit much, but that being said, uh, how they ended was great, and that was that was just such a great show. Um, I can't say enough about Sex Education. It's just that's 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 what that's quality TV right there, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, they they take inclusion to another level, but you know what? Like you, you said, I didn't care. It, it just, I didn't care. I I just love the way they handled everything and. If they wanted to get 
everybody in, fine, so be it. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, I mean, there was. Just, I'm just saying, there was like a couple points where I'm like, it just like interrupted the story. And just, oh like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, I was like, okay, all right, I got you. I see what you're doing. I just see where you're going with this. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, Shorzy season two. I know you don't have Hulu, Dave. I would say you need to go watch Shorzy, man. Well, that, that would be the service I add if if I get yeah. rid of something. Well, if you do, the first thing you should watch is well, watch Letter Kenny first. It, 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 there's like a bazillion seasons, but they go super fast because they only have like six episodes a season, and all of the episodes are like twenty five, thirty minutes long. So I basically watched all of season three. I was just like a like a uh, like a like a like kid at, at at Halloween. I just ate all my candy at once. Nice. I didn't moderate myself at all. I just watched the whole thing. And I was like, damn it. I just watched the whole season. Son of a bitch. <laughs> but it was great. And last but not least, I actually did plunge briefly into the first episode of the new version of Frasier. Did you realize that this was a thing? I did realize. I, I haven't yeah. seen it. And- no, don't. It's awful. Yeah. It was so. And I like, you know, they have like a laugh track, which, you know, I, if you, the thing about a laugh track is if you don't notice it, it's fine. If you notice it, that's really, really bad, you know, because there's like the jokes were terrible and people are laughing. I'm like, why? Oh, they got a laugh track. Because obviously no one in their right mind would laugh at what excuse that was for, for a joke. So. Paramount Plus usually uh, is, you know, to me, usually hits on all strides. A lot of good stuff in there, but the the Frasier reboot is is there's a reason why this hadn't happened yet. <laughs> so, just saying. Uh, so that's it. That's all I got. Cool. All right, well, let's get to Ragnarok, episode two of season three, "Till Death Do Us Part," written once again by Emily Labesh K and Adam Price. Mogan's Hagedorn directed, and it was released with the entire season on August 24th, 2023. I think we'd all agree, huge improvement over the first episode. But, and I've said this before, and it won't come as a surprise to you, I'm sure. The scenes rarely lasted more than about 45 to 60 seconds which is not really my favorite way of editing an episode that said it was fine. You know, I I prefer to let scenes play out two to three minutes and then move on, but whatever. I mean, uh, again, did it really impact my final letter grade? Nah, not really, but yeah, mine either is I didn't think of a letter grade. So (laughs) now, when I ask this question, you're either going to react one of two ways, and you're probably going to react like, Dave, really? <laughs> okay, is there a bit more humor here than we're used to? See, here's my problem. I don't understand if some of these scenes and pieces of dialogue are meant to be funny or if they're just they're unintentionally so kind of clunky and, yeah. and, and unintentional. I don't. I don't recall thinking anything in this was funny well, at all. Well, I, I mean, Ron being so afraid of Magna. Well, on the one hand, you might say, well, she's a giant. He has the hammer. She can die. Of course she's afraid of him. 
but it's almost like she's like you know the 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 damsel in distress, and you, obviously you can't see me, but I'm you know I'm I'm got my hands up in front of my face. Oh, you know, I mean, she's almost like that, and, right. and Fjord is the same. And I guess I'm wondering, am I supposed to smile at this point, or is well, this I, just you know, absurd? I, I think there's parts that maybe like. For example, uh, Manya making Fiora pay for his own coffee. I, I guess you would say it's kind of funny-ish, but honestly, we're all just even at that point. Even though it's like Fior and like Fior is definitely he deserves much worse than this than just to pay for his own coffee. But the bullying of Manya and how he is, you know, transforming from this. You know, this wide-eyed, let's, you know, do this the right way, you know, trying to get being through the legal system, stuff like that, to, you know, this threatening, menacing, stalking bully. I don't know. Not does, it, may, I'm, it makes me unable to laugh if, if there was an intention that there was some humor there. Well, exactly. And, you know, you mentioned bully and the, the, the typical bully in this series is Fior and he gets his share in with the, the new uh, accounting uh, assistant. But when Fior tracks down Lartz by the lake, are you feeding peanut butter and jelly to the serpent? <laughs> and That's on a the fair one question. Hand, yeah. Well, okay. So number one, why on earth would you need to feed a serpent? Period. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's in water. There's these things in there called fish. Exactly. And so if you, if you eat all of them, there's more, just keep swimming out and you'll find more. Exactly. And they're so, bigger ones. Right. So, you know, the fact that he's feeding, you know, the classic PB and uh, actually, I don't know if he uses jelly, just peanut butter sandwiches. Well, that's all I could find. I'm like, Oh, all right. You know, we see the scene where he's dumpster diving at, at the grill. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> see, I'm going to do what, what we often say we do. I'm going to talk myself down in terms of letter it sounds grades. Like, yeah, that sounds like where you're um, heading, man. It, the opening scene. Now, now the, op- the real opening scene where we get that text that recounts the union between Saxa and Thor that produces a son. But then it goes into... Manya, and, and I think it's Fred that mentions this, doing his best De Niro impression in front yeah. of the mirror. I mean, you know, the, obviously when we see that right away, like, oh, he's Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver, right? That's what's yeah. going But then he actually says, are you looking at me? I'm like, you, did, you really didn't need to have him say that, you know? Like, maybe, okay, so is that like they're trying to be a little funny there? Okay, that maybe gets a a little bit of a chuckle but again it's more probably disturbing though like travis bickle he was not a well man (laughs) like that's the whole point of taxi driver the dude's crazy af right so then we you know we look at i i think really the 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 central aspect of this episode which is you know as you mentioned the transformation of magda into this bully of sorts although somebody might argue well look who he's actually bullying you know maybe the tables need to be turned 
on the Giants. And, you know, you mentioned when he confronts Fjord about getting his food for free. So how are you feeling about the backpack and the hammer? All right. I actually have been thinking a lot about this thing because it bothered me when I was watching. And I'm trying to think, like, really, why is it bothering me? Because like you said, if you really, in the in the wider scope of things, like, the Udals deserve to be taken down a peg, you know? And sure. To, and, and really, at, at first, it's like, pay for your own coffee. Apologize to that girl. You hurt her feelings. Things like that. Okay, I get that. But, you know, I just thought about it. It's like... This, it just kind of reminds me of, like, gun culture, you know? Like, he wasn't this hard man before, but now he's got a weapon, and now he's a big tough guy, right? Right. Um, and that's the part that I'm not really great with. You know? And honestly, he's turned into a bit of a dick, you know? Like, it's it's not just the bullying of the Udals, but he's an a-hole to Signy. Uh, he you know, doesn't he's not there to walk his mom down the aisle. It's just all around. He's turning into a, a pretty not so great guy. And you know, so I just have a problem with him, you know, toting around this basically this weapon. I mean that's what Thor the hammer is. Molnir is a, a weapon. And uh, you know, bringing it to school, toting it around like a weirdo, you know, basically menacing. Them. Just hold the bag up. And and threatening people with, uh, you know, like it's almost like you know, waving a gun around. So. Right, he, he, right. He taps the backpack, and, and you hear the you know the the metal sound. But then we get to that issue. Maybe you even argue it's the fundamental issue, and we don't really have an answer. At least that I picked up on. Does the hammer itself literally change the way he's acting, or? Is it simply his personality, knowing that he's got this weapon in his backpack and I'm no longer a weakling? So, you know, is free will or, you know, or not? Right. Um, I I can't remember who said, but maybe Wotan, you know, basically tells him, this is the hammer. The hammer's affecting you and the hammer's making you do this. So I, you know, especially like how, how different he is from, how he's been pretty much for every episode up up till now you know right but even with wotan we don't necessarily know specifically what he means you know that that it's the hammer i mean we know it's the hammer we just don't know uh specifically are we surprised that he accepts the credit card from saxa i mean he's clearly enjoying the power that the hammer gives him and clearly as we've said a bit too much um, other people are noticing outside of the giants that you mentioned wotan signy even it's like dude you're carrying a big hammer around are you afraid of somebody so we don't know whether she actually opened up his backpack and and i mean you know i think for most of us it's like you know i've got like a stanley hammer out in my garage toolbox that uh you know while it would clearly hurt somebody it's not molnir so right who knows what she thinks for for sure i mean certainly not like a normal thing to be carrying a big metal hammer around with you all the time you know like it's very strange right you know and and let's go to the grades for a second i mean principal ron you know i think we forget sometimes she's the 
principal of the school that they all attend comes into Magnus class. Yeah, you're, you know, we had a, you know, server go down, I guess, when uh, he, you know, knocked yeah. down that part of the right. mountain and it knocked out the server. So your grades will be coming email. And, and we know that she's boosted all of his grades to ridiculous levels. Yeah. Now, on the one hand, I, I love the fact that his girlfriend, it's like, are you kidding? You, dude, these are not your grades. Yeah. And he's like looking at her. Well, what do you mean? Yeah. You That's know what I mean? Though, on one level. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and Eric, who, who's his teacher, is like, I gave the dude like a two or whatever. And here it's a five. I, I guess my main point, does Ron think that elevated grades mean anything to Magna at this point? Or is he simply hell bent on bringing down the giants, which is what I would argue. He doesn't care about his grades. No, no, absolutely. And I I think from her perspective, I think she's just doing whatever she can to try and keep him placated. damage control i guess yeah and like to her it doesn't matter i think she actually says to eric oh it's just a number right um which you know if you've been education long enough you start to feel that way a little bit you know like you want what do you like i think you've told me this story like you told the parents like hey what do you want me to give the kid did you just tell me yeah you know well i don't want you to just just i don't want you to just give them an a i'm like well what do you want yeah, then what do you want? What are, what are we talking about here then, right? Like, yeah. Um, so it's, you know, for her, it's 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 meaningless. It, she doesn't give a shit, obviously. But, uh, you know, I think she's thinking maybe this is something that can, you know, make him happy and get him to stop stalking them and, and threatening them. Yeah. Now, is it fair to say at this point – episode two of six that it seems as if saxa is the only person that can bring down magna at this point and like her or not she is probably the coolest character in the series and and she certainly got her 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 downside for sure I mean, she gets the cool music she comes into the grill she's got better clothes than everybody I mean uh, at this point, Fjord dresses like his father did, yeah. or or Vidar. It's like he dresses like a forty-five-year-old, whereas she dresses. Well, she probably dresses like a twenty-five-year-old, which is what she probably is in real yeah, life. Right. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? She's got the cool yeah. music anytime she enters. She's got the cool. She's got the look and, and all of that. And and it's no wonder that. Magna would fall under her spell. So he's, you know, I want to say he's not dumb. He does dumb things from time to time. Does he not understand what she's doing? It definitely does not seem so. Now, that being said, though, like, Fjord and Ron know that Saxa, her game plan is to take one for the team. Right, take one for the team is which exactly what she says, and uh, that she's going to seduce uh, Manya and then you know steal Molnir or whatever, 
But yet when, when Ron and not Ron, sorry, when Saxa and Manya uh come into the wedding, I think both Fjord and Ron look back and they're like they look like surprised. Like not I don't think they're acting surprised, I think they're genuinely surprised. So is Saxa's game here even deeper than what we think? What she's telling, you know, her uh her family you know, is her game actually deeper than that? Yeah, because on the one hand, when she's explaining to uh, Fjord and Ron what her plan is, that the only time he's not, you know, clutching the hammer is when he's asleep. So you, I think we then extrapolate, all right, she's going to have sex with him. He's going to fall asleep. She's going to grab the hammer and run. That doesn't appear to be what's happened here. And right. I think that speaks to you know what you just described that they look back at at this new power couple striding into the church and so they're like well wtf yeah yeah and, and like you said there's something deeper afoot here but then and I, and i forget how it's brought up sax has apparently been gone for a while from etta and we don't necessarily know how long she's been gone we speculated at the end of last season that she was going to become pregnant because we know in Norse mythology that's in fact what happens. But she bears well two sons. Fact, not, yeah. What's that? Not in fact. I don't know. If in fact, is the the words we use. Oh, okay. it is mythology, right? Right, right, right. But <laughs> but in 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 Norse, the story, yeah, right. So that Thor. You know, he she she gives Thor two children. I mean, she's I I think Yarn Saxa has a daughter by her husband. I forget who her husband is in in mythology, but but she has she has two sons with Thor. So what I'm getting at is in this roundabout way, if she's been gone for a while, did she get pregnant that time? Right. They had sex last season. Go somewhere have the baby and now she's back sex again just saying i you know that struck me after watching the episode for the second time so we will see so far no indication of that signy you know here's what i'm afraid of with her is that on the one hand you love the fact that she does not allow magna to walk all over her dude you're sleeping alone that was just mean what yeah. she said to me. Now, she seems to be living there, so I don't know if she's going to be sleeping on the couch or, you know, whatever, or don't. This don't. Is, yeah, this is a, a good life lesson for Manya. Like, you push you push it too far, and you get your sex card pulled. Yeah. And and, and that happens, bro. Like, now you you better, you got you learn your lesson right yeah and i so so why why do you have a problem with saxa buying you a dress to go to the wedding he doesn't it, it just like yeah. goes right over his head but here's my concern she's got no problem standing up to magna i don't think she's going to have a problem standing up to saxa Right, but it's likely going to result in tragedy, just as we saw with Isolde. Yeah, back in season one. <clears throat> right, and I love uh, her character. 
Yeah. And she's, you know, like we, we haven't really, they haven't really developed her very much up until this episode. Not at least not that I can think of. I, I didn't go, like I said, I didn't go back and rewatch the first two seasons, but you know, she is definitely like the voice of, of the, she's his moral center, I guess. And he is so far gone that, you know, like, again, he is, you know, rejecting that, that Jiminy Cricket, right? He's like pushing her aside. Like, what's your problem? Like, uh, and again, growing up poor, like to be able to buy a nice suit, I mean, that means a lot to him, but it shouldn't mean more than his relationships with like his mother and his girlfriend. And that's exactly what he seems to be willing to sacrifice here for the, you know, the, the, the worldly material gains that Saxa can bring his way. Yeah. And that, that conversation she has with him, you know, transported me back to lost girl because she's playing on the similarities between giants and gods and you know that whole idea that you know in 60 years she's going to be old and wrinkly and you're going to be still young and vibrant you're going to look the same and it's like have you thought that through and you know at the time you know we talked about Bo and Dr. Lauren that at least I think we both agreed at the time that that relationship seems doomed because Lauren's human Bo's not and 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 you know it just kind of is the same situation here and we we know that Magna hasn't thought that through no but but then again clearly clearly he hasn't thought a lot of things through (laughs) at this point no, and, and again, like I think you brought up, I think the key is, is is this actually Manya making decisions of his own volition or is this Molnir that is making him, encouraging him to, to make bad decisions? Right, but what decisions, I, I mean, are we not giving him enough credit? I mean, we know what Sax's plan is to lure him into bed get the hammer and what presumably kill him with his own weapon i I guess maybe but we know he's seemingly hell-bent on bringing down the giants it seems kind of hard to believe that that little mini speech she gives him about the similarities that the two of them possess is going to be enough to make him think Oh, you're right. There's no reason gods and giants can't coexist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and it's also, it's, it's just, it's also the, um, yeah, it's a, it's a seduction, right? Like that's the thing. Like when you're being seduced, you are not thinking with your rational mind. Right. Right. And when they're at the, um, the clothing store, and he's trying on the suit and she's trying on the dress and she says to him who are you right now and we've talked many times that shows we cover well there are no throwaway lines i would argue maybe in ragnarok there might be one or two here and there but i don't think this was one of them because she clearly doesn't know who he is right now 
dramatic irony. We obviously know who he is right now, but even we're a little confused as we've said, you know, a number of times in the course of this discussion, is this him or is this the hammer speaking? So, you know, I'm not sure he knows who he is really. I mean, he might think he knows, but right. now you, you mentioned him not showing up in time to walk his mother down the aisle. And, you know, for all the, the bad aspects of Lawrence, he immediately steps up. So got, got to like him for that. And, you know, gets mom up there. And I think, you know, we mentioned, um, God, no, I can't think of her name. The, the, we, we mentioned the two members of the Scooby gang that, that, uh, seemed to be out of the picture, but they were at the right. wedding, um, behind Signe. Now I can't even think of their names. Um, the dude that's the Olymp- yeah. Olympic athlete right, right. and, and she's a, uh, social media influencer at this point. But anyway, you know, they were there to, you know, I, I, I guess boy her spirits cause they aren't stupid. They, turn around and see the the power couple walking you know taking (laughs) taking the thunder away from the mother's wedding see what i did there god of thunder yeah yeah i got you i got you you know there's just just so much going on at at this point i don't know you you know i don't know where we go from here at this point you know the 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 wedding I, i i guess have they actually been married yet or See, now I can't remember whether the, the minister has actually pronounced them man and wife yet or not. I don't think they did. But No, 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 because, right, they didn't. Because at the end, and I don't know how I'm, I'm not going to, like, plant my flag on this one, but still the object of, sorry, the, um, the, the possibility of, of this entire uh, wedding going south fast and for disaster to happen um, could potentially happen. I don't. I don't feel like it at this point. Like I felt a lot more strongly yesterday that something terrible was going to happen at the wedding. Now I don't think so quite so much, um, but it, it's not over yet though. Right. Right. There's still time. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the other stories revolves around the giants and, and we've kind of alluded to the fact that they're, they're starting to lose it in the face of Magna's new power one of the things that really strikes me, Fior clearly is unprepared to lead the company, and he seems to have no interest in really leading the company. And we've mentioned, you know, several occasions over the course of, of covering Ragnarok that it's really Saxa who was meant to take over when Vidar stepped down. You know, obviously, right. he didn't intentionally step down, but you you wonder how long fewer is even going to stay in place and you got to love and, and we have to assume that his executive assistant is human now yeah. cl- clearly she doesn't know he's a giant you wouldn't think i'm gonna assume she doesn't but we know and, and you just gotta love her coming in there it's like that was really rude don't do it again or we're gonna have the union and we don't want the union and you're thinking like all right the leader of the giants, is he going to really be concerned about having the yeah. union breathing down there? Well, he, just, he seems so uninterested in any of the business stuff. He's just like, uh, whatever, you know, right, like right. he's still, he's trying to do it. You know, he's trying to be Vidar, but he's just not. 
Right. Now, when he humiliates the new accounting assistant Marianne about eating the cake, has he already decided that he's going to feed her to the serpent? But he's not. He doesn't, though. That's the thing. He doesn't feed her to the serpent? No. Well, they f- I totally thought that that was what he'd be doing. But um, Well, didn't they say they found her body? Her mutilated body. Yeah. Right. But he just, if they just found her mutilated body, like this, the serpent, I assume, would have eaten her, like. Okay. Swallowed her whole, her. so to speak. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair right. point. I, I, you know, now I think about it, that's true. Like, maybe not. But I think they, when saying the police found her mutilated body, I think that he just killed her. I don't know if he actually. Okay. I, I guess or, I looked at it. I mean, that makes sense what you're saying. I guess from a narrative perspective, doing it the way they do it makes us think that's a possibility. Yeah. Well, if, I, that's what I assume when he left with her. I'm like, if she oh, just disappeared. Oh, we're going to take the roundabout way. I'm like, oh, he's he's definitely going to take her to the, the fjord and, and feed her to the the snake. But you know, now, now I guess when you say that, I guess potentially – Maybe the serpent just killed her and didn't eat her or something like that, that, you know, that they found him. But if the, the serpent's so hungry, like, you, I right. don't know. Yeah, right, right, right. I, I, before, I was perfectly 100% sure that they did not feed her to the serpent, but now I'm not. What about Ron going to see the school psychologist? <laughs> yeah, I, again, maybe this is supposed to be funny. And I guess it kind of was a little bit because, you know, just how... Well, at first he thinks she wants to have sex with you, something you can help me with. And he, you could see that like look in his eye. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Like, I mean, no, well, he's probably, appointment book. Well, he's probably thinking like, well, she had sex with students. So why wouldn't she have sex with one? Remember that? Why not? Back from season one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, it's like, okay. <laughs> I have a fear of death. It's like, oh, what? Really? You want me to, uh, you want to talk to me? God damn it. Yeah. Um, so, well, yeah. and, and then when the door knocks at, at Udall Mansion and you see her like, uh, you know, and then who is it? And, and, and it's Turid. Is Magna with you? Yeah. No. <laughs> you sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. Is he in the car? No. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. But I mean, you know, all of that said, I, I really enjoyed this episode. So I I, I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I, I enjoyed it too, much more than the last one, the half hour of a uh, voiceover. So I, I, I will admit that I was put off by what they did with Manya, but I, I, you know, I think that's part of it. Part of his hero's journey is going to be to come back from the brink now, right? Now that he's in the thrall of, of this hammer, you know, can he pull himself back and, and become once again the uh, the likable young man that, that he was before. As opposed to Saxa being in the thrall of Magnus Hammer. Yeah, nice I'm sorry. I, you know, we, we, we haven't been, you know, been childish while. in a while. So, <laughs> all right, what else? Well, you know, again, I, you know, another thing that was, you know, with Manya was, you know, when Wotan comes and says, listen, the, the, the hammer is affecting you, man. It's, it's using you. Uh, he he threatens Wotan with the hammer, right? Yeah, that's sure. not cool. Like, I mean, it's one thing to be, you know, sticking in the face of the giants, but you, you know, your own picking on another god here. Uh, that's like great. Now, I, I think if I remember, it's been ages since I've read 
Norse mythology. But if I remember, like Thor is not like the the cleverest of the gods, right? He's you know basically a, a physical powerful force, but um, not much in the way of a of, of a thinking person. And uh, you know, I think we're increasingly seeing that from Magna now, right? And, and I mean, we, we've talked about the link between Wotan and Odin. So, you know, do you know who I am? <laughs> or at least who I'm supposed to be. And, um, you know, the thing with the card, um, Manya taking the card, you get a feeling that what happens between him and Signy arguing over the card is exactly what Saxa wanted to happen. You know, you just see that she knows if I give him this card, this is going to cause a problem. He's going to want to buy his girlfriend stuff with this and she's not going to want because she has a you know like a, a sense of self and and, uh, and and morality that's exactly what happens so yeah i think you're right she is that moral center that he's going to ignore probably at least for another episode or two i don't know if it's gonna be much longer because you know we got the big fight coming at the end and he's you know we can't spend too much time with him going around acting like an, an ass like this right and i think this was the longest episode of the six so you know, there's not a whole lot of time for them to you know mess around right. exactly that's what i'm saying like they don't, we're, we're a third of the way through this season already or is it eight it's six it's six okay right so yeah and we're a third of the way through the season already so you can't have him running around like this for or maybe they can. Who yeah. knows? So. We'll see. I'm not a, I'm not the writer. Okay. All right. You want to get to listener feedback or you got anything else you want to bring up? Um, I think we're good. All right. Well, we will be right back. Hello to Dave, Wayne, and all sci-fi TV rewatch fans. Alan from England here, mostly with feedback about Ragnarok Series 3, Episode 2. What I'm watching, I've finished the 10th episode of Invasion on Apple TV+, which I think is the end of season 2. Pretty good, uh, but still mysteries remain. I started Station 11. I do love a good apocalypse. About five episodes in, and certain storylines are starting to connect. They do like to jump about in time, which is sometimes obvious, and sometimes not so much, especially in episode 3. As well as reading Death's End, which is the third part of the Three-Body Problem series, I found there's already a TV series of Three-Body on Amazon Prime, which looks like it's been made in China, or at least mostly with Chinese actors. And there are 30 episodes released in January 2023, but in the UK at least, I can only access episodes 18 and 22, which is a bit odd. They do look very faithful to the book, uh, but now I'm trying to work out how to access the rest of the series. Uh, it looks like uh, your tubular platform is the way to go. Hopefully I'll get through that before it disappears again, or the actual Netflix version comes, which looks to be a more international cast. Ragnarok, Till Death Do Us Part. The title could be, of course, The Upcoming Marriage or the conclusion of any feud between Magna and just about anybody else. I do like the episode starting with uh, Magna and Mjolnir effectively reprising that famous scene. Are you talking to me? 
Are you looking at me? I thought I was really well done. And then, of course, his mother comes in and he quickly pretends he's doing nothing. Magna's hammering home his authority over Fior and Ran, over paying for coffee and treating students with a bit more respect, like he's trying to tame them into being good little giants. At least Loritz is happier, reconnecting with the Edda Grill guy, and we're pleased he has a moment of happiness, even in the midst of his various portrayals and disloyalties. Saxa is back, as if nothing ever happened, while Fior is being as awkward and horrible as possible to Marianne the new accounts assistant. It's almost like he's David Brent from The Office, but if David Brent was a giant that kills people. When Fior offers her a lift, we can think it's possibly the last one she'll ever have. Sax's plan is a quick one involving seduction and or distraction to get Mjolnir. Fior's plan is a longer term one, depending on the giant worm. I like it when Ram is in the classroom saying, oh yes, I've made some groups, but then she only makes the group that is Saxa and Magna together, and then says everyone else can just do whatever they like. I absolutely love that scene with Ram and the school counsellor psychologist, as it flips from Ram has a personal need, he is very up for helping, uh, for a psychologist, uh, yes, of course, he knew that, for really serious issues. And then what is he getting into? And we're thinking, will he be left alive later? And he hardly has a chance to register each new revelation before the next one comes. Fear of death. Death threats. From a husband's murderer, who is a student in the school, that she's giving better grades to. And by the way, she's estranged from a fake family that no one can ever know about. It's like comedic, but played in a really straight way. I really enjoyed that. Magna and the girlfriend are having issues. She doesn't think him suddenly getting better grades is right, and she definitely doesn't want a dress bought for her using Saxa's money. It's not Magna's brightest moment when he utterly fails to understand this. It's almost like Saxa is luring him to the dark side, which apparently is the side where you never have to think about feelings or consequences. But is it all Saxa, or is it partly the power of Mjolnir corrupting Magna in a very Lord of the Rings way, with Wotan as a kind of Gandalf warning about its power. Then it all happens at the church. Loritz walks his mother down the aisle, which is really nice, and then is united with the Edda Grill guy while the vows are being read, which is really nice as well. Only to be interrupted by Saxa and Magna appearing very much together, entering in slow motion like the finale of The Matrix. What an episode! I really enjoyed this one, and I'm reminded of things that Dave and Wayne, and probably Fred, I think have said about previous shows. You sometimes need two to three episodes to get into, or back into, the flow. Take care, Alan from England. Hello Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands, with some feedback for Ragnarok Season 3, Episode 2. First off, coming back to last week's podcast, you were talking about Bodies as a new series, Dave, and you, Wayne, were complaining, and actually both of you, by the description of it and the trailer, that it actually showed too much, but you didn't tell, so thank you very much. And I didn't uh, read the description and I didn't watch the trailer. So I just started episode one. And it's indeed a very interesting time. Well, not travel, I don't know. But indeed, 
at least a series that plays in different time periods. And the funny thing is, you were also talking about sex education, and Dave said something about, oh, you will recognize somebody, so I will spoil that. Actually, Canal Kular, who plays in sex education, Anwar, is also in this series. And I'm still watching sex education, and actually I'm not in season four. My wife and I are watching season three at the moment, almost finished that, and then we'll continue with season four. In the previous podcast, you were also talking about Andor, and even Dave is watching that. Well, I think it's the most awful piece of Star Wars, whereas most people are high praised about it and really liking it much better than the rest. And although Dave is not a Star Wars fan, he even could kind of appreciate this one. So even for Dave, it's a higher level of the rest. And for me, it's really the lowest in uh, in the rank. As a type, this Cassian Andor, by the way, reminds me a little bit of Hober Mallow in Foundation. Okay, let's go into Ragnarok. I found it an interesting episode, although I was a little annoyed by the male testosterone-driven behavior of Fjord as well as Magna. Although, perhaps in Magna's case, it's not testosterone, but it's just his hammer that's influencing him, just as Wotan said. Furthermore, I found the anxiety that Ren and Fjord exhibit when Magne is nearby with his hammer, a little bit over the top. But yeah, on the other hand, who says it? It's Norse mythology, and perhaps these giants are really very scared of this hammer. Saxa's seducing of Magne seems to work very well, or even rationalizing with him about it, in the sense of, we are equals, we will live forever, and these pity humans will only live for 60 years. It's a pity that we don't see anything of the hookup like in the last episode of season 2. We only see Magna knocking at Utilheim's door and Saxa opens it. Actually I was expecting something else because in the beginning of the episode there is this kind of quote that Saxa as a giant had a son together with a god. So I was expecting from the hookup of last season that we would find out in this episode that she was pregnant. But we see a new hookup here. I thought the whole thing about the hookup was that Magna would fall asleep and then she could steal the hammer. And then the strange thing is that they just walk in, although too late, into the marriage ceremony of Magna's mother. It was sweet that eventually... Loritz did bring his mother to the altar. When Fjord told Loritz that the snake needs humans to eat, we all could expect that his new secretary would become snake food. A little too predictable. I really like Saxa's role, and I think I would give this episode a B-, but if I just look at Saxa's role, it would be an A-. Okay, that would be all for this time. Greetings. All the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Start with Alan in England. And, and Alan brings up the three-body problem, which is uh, you know a, a sci-fi novel that's apparently going to get a treatment through Netflix. It's a Chinese 
Uh, actually, it's I believe it's a trilogy. That's the first book. And I've mentioned that I've made two attempts to read it and finished it the first time, didn't know what the hell I was reading, started it again once I found out it was going to be a series, gave up halfway through. <laughs> but Alan and I messaged back and forth a little bit. Apparently, there is a Chinese version that's already out there. And I guess it looks like you can find it on YouTube and it's got it, English oh, subtitles. Yeah. yeah, maybe on YouTube. Yeah, I, I looked on Amazon because he had said like they only had two episodes available. So I looked at it and it's completely unavailable on Amazon. You, YouTube. Um, and I guess on the one hand, you, you, you can't feel too sorry for uh, somebody um, infringing on Chinese intellectual prop, uh, properties. <laughs> Nah, Dave, two wrongs don't make a right, right now. Good point. Good point. Um, glad you like Station Eleven. I, I know we both lo- really mm-hmm. like that. It does um, take a couple of watches, I think, though. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because you 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 spend so much time being like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Not that you can't understand. You understand. You just don't understand why things are happening. And it is, but uh, still, again, I know I've said it before. That scene where the the two brothers wrapped to excursions by a tribe called Quest is absolute TV gold. I love that scene. Right, watched a million times, and, and that's one of the few times that I read the book first. You know, I mean, and, and reading Foundation before we yeah. watched the series didn't matter, but the, right. the Station Eleven novel actually, you know, kind of. Well, speaking of, I finally I felt bad because I just kept. I'm still not done the peripheral. Um, Neither am I. But, but I, I got mine out from the library. Okay. I got it out like a couple months ago, and they just renewed it again for me because like now the library automatically renews yeah, it for you. There's no yeah. late fees. Yeah, Carol does but the I'm same thing. Feeling like really guilty, so I I uh, ordered it from Amazon today. Okay. And I returned to the library. I just felt so bad. Like there, there's 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 got to be at least one person out there who wants to read this book. That I'm they can't because of me. That's just not right. Uh, well, now Alan also brings up, and I love the Lord of the Rings illusion between yeah. the ring and the hammer. Which, yeah, totally. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Yep. Um, but he also brought up David Brent from the UK version of The Office, uh, played by Ricky Gervais, and that was genius because uh, whereas David was very funny and cringy, uh, Fior is also cringy but not funny. He's like. Evil, scary, cringy. Yeah. Now, Fred brings up the comparison between Cassie and Andor and Hober Mallow, which I- I'm so glad yeah, that I, 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 I see that. A see that. Bit. Yeah, no, 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 I see it for sure. I, I mean, I think, see. Uh, but I Cassie's was, not very funny, you know? Well, he's not, but uh, I'm not he's sure. He's not like a Hober. light-hearted character. Like, you know, like he's, he's pretty heavy character. Well, he is, but... You know, Hober is kind of, I mean, he is and he isn't. So I don't know. But but I like the, the comparison. And, 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 you know, Fred brings up what, you know, one of the things we've been talking about, that, that we're not sure how to interpret some of the situations that seem ridiculous when maybe that's not the intent of the writers. So I guess we'll just have to, you know, let that slide. But, yeah. you know, what else about either feedback? I, I think yeah, like it's funny because well, Fred mentioned just the uh, the, the guy, you know Sean being in bodies as well, and I, that's funny because I think we did talk about that last week. But I, I, I couldn't remember, and I, when I saw him in bodies, I'm like, that dude looks so familiar. 
And then, you know, when I looked up the, the cast, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, that happens a lot. There's loads of people in um, bodies. I think if I, you know, look at the IMDb page for the cast of that, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's where I saw them. You know, I agree with what you said about Manya's behavior in there, Fred. You know, Fred, you didn't miss miss the hook up there between uh, Manya and Saxa. And, like, you know, we got it once, Fred. You know, behave yourself. And again, like you know, I was much more sure when we before we started talking about the fate of the secretary. Not so sure now. So we'll probably get that confirmed next week. And I'm good. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and give it a B plus, um, and, and and mostly just because I enjoyed it, and and it certainly has its flaws. There's no question, but but I enjoyed it. So I'm I'm going to go B plus. Yeah, I, th- I think B plus is uh, appropriate grade for it. Okay, sure. And and certainly after last week's uh, voiceover fiasco, it's uh, yeah. was, it was nice to not have any voiceover sure. at least yeah, that absolutely. I recall. So, all right. Well, we got four episodes to go, and that gives us a few more weeks to avoid figuring out what we're going to do next. And that's how we like it, right? Yeah. So uh, you know, there's <laughs> there's a. This scene from uh, Malcolm in the middle where, like, the, the dad, he uh, goes to change a light bulb and then he goes to find the new light bulb and the drawer that it's in is is fixed. So he, like, goes to, like, get a, a hammer to fix the drawer and then he finds something else that's broken. And then so he uh, then so he goes to, like, open something else and, like, it's squeaky. So he gets in the car to go get some WD-40 and, uh, and then the car isn't, you know, is, is there's a rattle in the car. So then the wife comes home and he's underneath the car, working the car. She says, did you change the light bulb? He's like, what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> I thought that's exactly how we uh, decide what we're going to do next. Exactly. There you go. So, all right. So, you know, you guys will have to uh, stay tuned if you want to find out, but that'll do it for this episode of sci-fi TV rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you, uh, think about foundation uh the peripheral which we aren't gonna let go quietly into that good night of course <laughs> what you think about ragnarok sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us we'll be back next week to talk about season three episode three of the netflix series ragnarok but until then you know it's really good to be talking about ragnarok again dave you know, i haven't felt like this in over a thousand years